Welcome to London Riverside Church Podcast. We hope you have a great day. Sit back, relax and enjoy. So today we are looking at the commission and I don't know how you're getting on with this. I don't know what your experience has been over the years, over the months, over the last few weeks maybe in sharing your faith in Jesus. Sometimes we're a bit nervous about that. Sometimes we're super confident wherever you find yourself on the scale. But I've found that often when people are in church, when, you, when they find out you went to church on Sunday, when they find out that you pray, when you find out that you trust God, very often people, if they're genuine with you, they're happy for you, right? It's kind of like, oh, I'm pleased for you. You've got faith. That's good, yeah? Uh, it's not so often that people are starting an argument. Often it's just like, oh, good for you. I'm happy for you. You've got faith. And then you, you say, yeah, I really believe Jesus is, you know, he's done this and he's done that in my life. And, uh, oh, that's... I'm I'm so pleased you've got your truth, you know? It's not my truth, but I'm pleased for you got your truth. You know, it's kind of like we've got different truths going on now. And so, and and people often say that. So they say this, I'm glad for you. I'm glad it's true for you. That's a great thing. But I don't know if you've ever had a conversation where the next thing is, well, you know, Jesus said he's the way. Not a way, the way. Now, I know I'm preaching to the converted here, because some of you are smiling. Like, some of you actually want to shout hallelujah, but it's early. And, 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 and you know that it's like, no, is that not true? I'm looking at your faces. And you say, you say Jesus is the way. Is that, well, you can't say that, can you, really? You can't really say he's the way. He's a way. He's your way. You can't say he's the way for everyone. Surely you, you can't arrogantly think that you're right and the other religions are wrong. Oh, we've had those conversations, haven't we, with words to that effect. How arrogant are these Christians that say that Jesus is the way? How on earth can they assume and, and, and impose upon us that Jesus is the way? Don't all religions lead to the same God anyway? You know, are we not just going up the mountain but different sides of the mountain? Love and peace, come on. We don't have to argue about it. Is that not where it's at? You can't just look at someone else and say that's the wrong way. Surely, you don't need to be so extreme in your faith. Some of you just clocked out. You're with me, right? This is how it goes. He said, don't be so extreme about it. It's your faith, but don't put it on other people. You know, don't, don't start insisting. And so in this conversation that we have, or these, these interactions that we have, enters Jesus. Now, what does Jesus say? He said in Mark 16, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. He says in Matthew, go and make disciples of all nations, or in, in, other, in literally all people groups. Go make disciples of all people groups. He doesn't say, but if they're already believing in another religion, then leave them alone. Ouch. He says everyone, whoever, all creation. In John 20, he says, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Wow. How was Jesus sent? He didn't just shout a message down to earth. He came and lived amongst us. And so in the same way that Jesus was sent by the Father, he sends us to live our life, to live our faith amongst those that we do life with. And we all know in Acts 1, the writer of Acts, the gospel writer Luke, it, says, it records the words that Jesus says when he's risen, that you will be my witnesses. You've witnessed something. You've experienced me. Now you're going to share that with everyone else starting here and the next town and the next country and across the world. And so we've been looking at the commission, 
really taking seriously that Jesus' last words need to be our first concern. That what Jesus left us as the risen Christ, what he left with us is that which we need to take uh, and make our first concern. So in this series, if you missed any of it, you can go back online, you can, you can catch up on the messages that have been shared. So we looked at the fact that you have a story to tell. We looked at the fact that we have good news to share and that good news really is good news. Last week, Ade was sharing about the fact that we have the opportunity. And so today, I want to encourage us to have a confidence in Jesus. There is no one like Jesus. I am convinced with my whole being that there is absolutely no one like Jesus. You see, my journey to faith was, he's not a bad idea. That's how it started. <laughs> my mum became a Christian. She was, she was struggling with different, different things were happening in our lives and she came to faith, and it turned her life around, completely 180. And I thought, that's not bad. It's not for me, but that's pretty good. So that's how my journey started. But I've come to a place, I came to a place in my own life, where I realized there is no one quite like Jesus. There's absolutely no comparison. So I'd like us to just deal with a little bit of the tension that we, if we're going to own our faith, if we're going to be honest about our faith in following Jesus, some of the tensions that we encounter. In the book of Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament, it says in verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 11, that God has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. It says there, it states there, that the very, very part of being human is that eternity has been put in our hearts. The very fact that we're living, breathing human beings is, is that God has put something in us that seeks something other than ourselves. That there is an eternity. There is something beyond our mortal experience. You see that each person, there is an acknowledgement that there's something more than ourselves. You see, even the atheist has to convince themselves. They're the biggest evangelists, I tell you. Psalm 14, verse 1. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Now notice that, the fool, that's the, that's the, that's the, uh, that was a way of, of, of describing someone's way of life. It doesn't mean they're stupid, but it means that they're, they're foolish in how they're living, okay? And they have to tell themselves in their heart there's no God, because if they don't tell themselves there's no God, then the way they're living is going to be very uncomfortable. So most people have to tell themselves there's no God, because automatically we believe there is something. And so how does this look like? Surely if we look at the next slide, we look at different, for example, different uh, religions in the world, don't they all lead to the same God? If we look at Hinduism, Christianity, Islam, for example, or we could look at other religions, surely they're just different ways up the same uh, mountain, just from different sides. So I just want to give you a little graphic today to help us understand how precious our Jesus is and how our faith uh, how we answer that kind of question. You see, if you look at other different religions, there are some incredible similarities. You didn't expect the preacher to say that, right? But there are some incredible similarities in all the religions and ways in which people seek to believe in God. If we take uh, Jesus and Buddha, for example, let's take a look at this one. What did Jesus say? Do to others as you would have them do to you. What, is, what does Buddha say? Consider others as yourself. Yeah, it's kind of along the same you know, it's the same kind of aspiration. I think you would agree. 
Some of you are like, I can't agree with Buddha. I can't agree with Buddha. Yeah, you can. You can agree with Buddha. It's okay. That's, that, if, if, if someone says to you, you need to consider others as yourself, you say, amen, brother. Good idea. Right? I can't believe the pastor makes me agree with Buddha. But you see, there's a common ground here. There's an aspiration to do good to others. Let's look at the next one. Jesus said, if someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. Be great to preach on that, about how pacifist Jesus was or wasn't. Okay, that's an interesting story. But what does Buddha say? If anyone should give you a blow with his hand with a stick or with a knife, you should abandon any desires and utter no evil words. So they're all trying in some way to say you need to do good. Your intentions need to do, do well. I notice, though, that Jesus is always very proactive. He, he, he says, do to others as others. So if someone slaps you, then offer them the other cheek. You know, he, the love of Christ is actually a step above, I personally think, because he's proactive in how we engage with others. But notice that there are these common truths. There is this level, there is the... the, the how should we say, there is an understanding that there is a supreme being, or in Buddhism, a, a supreme power, and yet we should live honorably and help others. So in a sense, these religions surely, at the base of the mountain, seem to be going in the same direction. Now let's look at a little bit higher up the mountain. Let's pick three religions here, just to look uh, briefly how they so, for example, Hinduism. Now, I'm not going to give you a lecture on Hinduism. You can go online. You can Google it. Uh, you, can even, you can find out what Hindus believe, okay? And actually, you've probably got a neighbor who you could ask. That wouldn't be a bad idea. That's a good conversation starter. Okay, so Hindus believe. What do they believe? There are many gods. What do they believe about Jesus? That he could be one of the many gods, but he's not the only way. What do they think about the afterlife? Well, there's a reincarnation to pay off your karmic debt. So what you got wrong, you need to pay off in the next life, in your next reincarnation. And like I say, this is from sort of 1500 before Christ. This is uh, not as old as Judaism, but it's, it's an old religion. It's been around a while, and, and people believe. People follow. People seek for something higher than themselves. When it comes to Islam, for example, 622 after Christ, they also believe in one God, who was Jesus? He was a prophet. But he wasn't the son of God, but he was a prophet. He was a holy man. What about the afterlife? Well, there is a paradise and there's a hell. It's based on weighing up how good and bad you've been in this life as to where you land. Quite simply put, very theologically said, as you agree. Okay, like I said, you can look up about what the religions believe. Ask your neighbor what they believe. Now, when it comes to Christianity, we also believe in one God who is revealed in Christ. See, Jesus said, if you see me, you've seen the Father. It's more than a prophet, more than someone maybe to pray to. Jesus, the Son of God, the way to salvation. What is the afterlife? Hell, heaven, based not on what we do, but what Jesus has done, based on our faith in him. And so this is, I'm being very simple here, but I just want us to highlight when somebody simply says, hey, don't they all go up the same mountain? Aren't we all after the same God? You need to say, well, it might at first glance appear so, but let's take a look at what people are actually believing. And I think you'll find, if you look at this slide, that we're actually heading, we might be on the same ground to start with, but we're actually heading up different mountains. And I think we need to have a confidence, friends, because sometimes we feel bad for saying, oh no, Jesus said he's the way. Oh, we can't say that, you know, you can't, no. No, listen, 
Jesus himself said he's the way. You didn't say it, he said it. And as you look at the different religions and where they're heading to, what their aspirations are, what their founder looks like, you'll realize we're not on the same mountain. We're not on the same mountain at all. So at first glance, there are common ideals and the base of every religion. But when we take a look, there are different peaks. Many gods, one god, many different goals. And the thing is this, the founders of the different religions insisted on the differences. Years back when I was at art college, I had a great friend who's a, a practicing Buddhist. And uh, he, we, would, we, would go, we would have long conversations about Jesus and life and faith. And I remember one day, we'd, we'd been studying together for two years. And uh, we, went, uh, we, were, we were taking a walk and he said to me, look, he said, and he was pleading with me. He said, Gowan, why can't you just let Buddha be as good as Jesus? You know, it was like this friendship. <laughs> it's like, we, we get on so well, but why can't you just admit that it's all, uh, it's all the same? I said, listen, Jesus doesn't admit it's all the same. If the founder sees it differently, who am I to start changing what we should believe? So when, you come, when we come to this, it's not a shame to have no compromise. It's okay to, to consider that it's without compromise that we share the good news of Jesus. So what does Jesus say in John 14? When doubting Thomas says to him, Thomas says to Jesus, uh, why, how can we know the way? Jesus says, uh, you know the way to where I'm going. And Thomas says, Jesus, hold on. That sounds amazing, but I have no idea where you're going. We don't know the way. And Jesus says, I am the way. I am the way. It's not a list of beliefs that you need to sign up to and memorize. It's a person that you follow. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That sounds to me quite uncompromising. Just want to put it out there as the Jesus that we love and follow. No one except through me. And we see that the first followers of Christ, like in Acts chapter 4, when they were sharing the good news, they said, Peter says these words, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. There's no other name. These are the first followers of Christ. They'd seen the risen Christ, and they were convinced this is the message, this is the good news, there's no other name but by the name of Jesus. And as we look into the scripture, as we look at the church's teaching through the years, even beginning in 1 Timothy, chapter two, verse five, for example, for there's one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. Uncompromising. Without compromise, we can share the good news. Now, in church, we can say these things and some of you are nodding. Some of you are waiting to the end to nod. But you're kind of, yeah, okay, pre okay, pastor, we, we agree. There's only one way. His name is Jesus. There's only one mediator. And, and so we can say this on church service, but what about Monday morning? This sounds very arrogant, doesn't it? Can I say that? I'll tell myself. It sounds very arrogant to say there's only one way. It sounds very arrogant to say, but the thing is, when you find out who Jesus is, you understand there's only one way. And this is the thing, when we make our statements and when we put it out there, it does sound arrogant unless somebody has encountered Jesus. When you encounter Jesus, you're thinking, well, maybe he is the way. <laughs> maybe this does work. And so 
We can make big statements in our church services, but what about our Mondays? What did Jesus do? Matthew 9, verse 36. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless. Think of some of your work colleagues, harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. He had compassion on them. And friends, this is the, this is the punch in the message today, okay? I know you believe, I mean, most of us in the room, we believe what I've just said up until this point. But what, I'm, what I want to steer us to is this. It's without compromise, but it's with compassion that we share the good news. When Jesus saw those who were confused and, and, and restless and lost, he was moved with compassion. Just look through the Gospels at how he dealt with people that couldn't find their way in life with compassion. Even those who had rejected him that wouldn't receive the love of God, it says that Jesus wept and he wept over Jerusalem. He said, I, I long to gather you as a hen gathers her chicks. I'd love to just embrace you. Compassion. Friends, I pray the Holy Spirit would work that in our lives. That as we share the good news, we know that Jesus is the way. We've experienced that Jesus is the way. We've seen him answer prayer. We've seen him heal our bodies. And we're so convinced. So let's have no compromise in the message, but let's have it with compassion. Here's five things as you go into the world, okay? Five things as you go into the world to have compassion as you go. First question is this, are you going to win an argument or a friend? Are you out to win an argument or a friend? Because we can get, we can get full of our, our answers. I mean, this is what scares me about thinking you know the answers. You can become very, it's one-way conversation. You're just going to win this argument. You know, that bugs me a little bit because we're not out to win arguments, friends. You can win an argument so people still won't believe in Jesus. You see, you need a revelation of who he is. So we're looking to win a friend, not an argument. I want to encourage you. If you want to keep your compassion levels high, look to win a friend and not an argument. Second thing is this. Are we showing tolerance or respect? See, the word today is tolerance. You need to tolerate people. You need to be tolerant of other faiths. You need to be tolerant of other beliefs, other opinions. But friends, the Bible teaches, Jesus teaches us that tolerance, toler if I tolerate you, I put up with you, Right? Reg, I'll tolerate you. I don't like you. You annoy me, but I'll tolerate you. <laughs> this is all an example, friends. It's all an example. So, but, but the Scripture teaches us to respect other human beings. That they're made in the image of God. You are made in the image of God. Let me just tidy that up, Reg. You're made in the image of God. You're a wonderful human being. I might not agree with you, but you're a... So we're not allowed to do that anymore, are we? If you disagree, it's like you don't like me. No, no, no. I think you're amazing. But we've got a different opinion. Somehow we can do it with football, but we can't do it with a way of life. Yeah, or we, we can't do it with, a, with a, a Jesus that we love and serve. So let's look to respect others. And respect is so much better. You see, you used to get bumper stickers back in the day, way back when I first became a Christian, you know, things on the back of people's cars and stuff. You know, Jesus is the answer now. What's the question? Yeah. You used to like, yeah, we got it together. It's a bit of Christian swagger, you know. We got this. Fire your question. I've got the answer. You know, and friend, I don't know if that really works anything. That just makes us feel good. I don't know if it helps anyone. I don't know if anybody's really come to faith by thinking, oh, you Christians know it all. So we've got to respect that people's questions are so often sincere. You know, when someone asks you a question, why not, isn't it a learning opportunity for you? Oh, no, I can let them have it. I'm going to let them know. 
Because they've obviously got this wrong. How about when someone asks a question, it's a learning opportunity for you? How about your Muslim neighbor that you get to find out why they do that and what they're actually believing when they do it? Is it just a cultural thing that they're taught to do or is it something, a, a cry from the heart to connect with God? Because you've already connected with God, right? Respect or tolerance. You know, sometimes people ask a question. Even the pastor says sometimes, I don't know, but I'm going to find out. You know, I, I honestly don't know everything. I know it's hard to believe. I know you kind of assume that. Uh, Dr. Wheeler must know stuff. But listen, when you don't know the answer to a question, there's no shame. You say, oh, I never thought of it like that. I'm going to go find out. I'll let you know. If it was a genuine question, they'll wait for the answer. So let's show some respect and not just simply tolerate one another. Third thing is this. React. Are we reacting in fear or responding in love? Friends, as you look around the different, uh, different ways in which uh, religion is showing itself in our society, it's, it's, it's coming to the fore. Some, people, some crazy people think that religion is dead. Friends, it's never been more alive. The desire to connect with God has never been more real. And people are expressing their different faiths. And sometimes the reaction can be one of fear. So, whoa, what's going on here? But here's the thing. Jesus didn't respond or react in fear, but he responded in love. And I believe the Holy Spirit in us desires us to approach those who are different to us in love. You say, you don't know what they're up to. You don't know this. You need to get off the internet and just go talk to them. I'll tell you that again. You need to get off the internet and you need to go talk to them and find out what's going on and respond in love. Now, I know some of us who say, oh, hold on, gown, the nation that I'm from, their version of that faith is pretty heavy duty. I appreciate that. But we're right now, we've got people that are following their faith and they haven't even thought about what they're following. So how about we respond in love and see what God will do? Let's see what God will do. When we're in fear, everybody puts the guard up. When we have open hands and we're open in love, let's see what God will do. Another point here is, are we walking or just talking? You know, I had David sharing last week about living in every moment so that when the God moment comes, we're ready. Yeah? In other words, let's not just talk this thing. Let's walk it. And finally, you or Jesus? You or Jesus? You see, sometimes there's a pride that gets into our hearts, and it's a spiritual pride is a dangerous thing because we think we're doing it for God. But you know, it's impossible to make yourself look good and Jesus at the same time. That's not how it works. We're lifting his name up, aren't we? We're looking to make him. We're not looking to win an argument. We're not looking to get things sorted from our perspective, but we're sharing our experience of a living Savior. So it's without compromise, but it's with, compar uh, with compassion. Let me conclude with this thought, that there is really no comparison to Jesus. There's really nothing like it. If you look at the founders, if you look at the people that have established different religions and you take a look at Jesus, there is no one quite like Jesus. I'd like us to read, I'm going to put it on the, on the screens for us, from Philippians chapter 2. Just an explanation. This was actually a hymn that the first church would sing, that would read to each other. It says, Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. Other scriptures say that he emptied himself by taking the very nature of a servant, 
being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by being obedient to death, even death on a cross. Friends, there is no one quite like Jesus. The scripture gives us here this slightly poetic kind of expression of who he is. If we go back to that slide, it says that, it says that he became obedient to death, even death on the cross. You're not going to find another religious founder, a leader like Jesus. There's no one, friends, like Jesus. But he went to the cross in our place. And then we go on in verse 9. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Isn't this powerful words? This is the Jesus we love and serve. This is the Jesus that we're getting to know. This is the Jesus that wants us to know him. And though he went to the cross, he died in our place, it says here that God exalted him. A name that is above every name. You see, you're not being arrogant when you think Jesus is that good. You're just coming into line with what God's up to. But by his grace and with some compassion, we can share this good news. If we just get all spiritually proud about this, no one's going to want to know, friends. No one's going to want to know. But if we humbly take it, because this scripture actually begins in verse 5. It actually says, let this same attitude be in you that was in Christ Jesus. You know, he didn't use his equality with God as something to push his own agenda, but rather he humbled himself all the way to the cross. And therefore, God has exalted him. And that's the Jesus we serve. And that's the Jesus we love. And that's the Jesus that we get to share. So I want to encourage us today. Let's have no compromise, but let's also share with compassion because there is no comparison to Jesus. Can we stand together? I'm going to invite the uh, band to join us as well. We're going to sing a song of, uh, of worship to him as we close our time together today. But I'd just like you to consider where, you're, where you are, where you're at, as it were. Because we can shout his praise when we're together in the church building. But I believe what God's done in your life is to be shared with those that you're doing life with Monday to Friday, Monday to Saturday. And let's ask the Holy Spirit to help us now. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he came and died a sinner's death and he is risen and he is exalted above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. And so, Father God, today it's our desire to see that happen. It's our desire. We thank you that you've sent us, you've commissioned us. And Father God, by your Spirit, we ask today that we would be filled with that same compassion. Lord God, help us not to win arguments, but actually to win friends. Help us not to uh, just tolerate others that believe differently, but to respect and learn and lead them 
to yourself. So we invite you, Holy Spirit, empower us, shape us, guide us, we pray, as we head into this week, that we might share your story in our lives and your good news, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's worship. Let's worship together. That's all from us here on our LRC podcast. If there's anything else you would like some more clarification on or you would like to take the next steps in your journey, then why not head over to our next steps page at londonriversidechurch.com forward slash next steps. That's all from us here today and we hope you have an amazing week.